Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol. Coordinated strike. It may get a little bigger, may not get bigger at all. We'll see what happens. But regardless of what happens, we're totally prepared. Coming to you live from a space age bunker. It's Coordinated Strike. That's right. We are back. We are live. We are surviving. I hope you all are as well. Well, this escalated quickly. I do hope all of you in all seriousness are remaining safe, uh, that those of you working in essential uh, jobs are being protected as as much as possible. Uh, I do feel for each and every single one of you, and I want to thank you very much for everything that you are doing during this time, even if all that is is staying the F home. All right, just to get this out of the way, this will not be a safe for work uh, edition. I have a lot to say. Uh, some of it's going to be about the game. Some of it's just going to be about all of the weirdness uh, that has been going on of late. But we're going to try and keep it light. We're going to try and keep it fun. Because that's what I need, and that's what I know uh, probably everybody else needs, even if they don't need this. So let's have a little bit of fun on a Saturday night, and let's go ahead and crank out an episode of Coordinated Strike. But as always, first, a word from our illustrious sponsor. Just stay the fuck. Now, technically, I'm not a doctor, but motherfuckers listen when I read a poem. So here I am, Sam fucking Jackson, imploring you, keep your ass at home. So I think Sam says it best. Um, you know, if you can, please stay home. Uh, it is for everyone's safety. All right, so let's talk about something fun and escapist. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about, uh, I guess, the other side uh, as much as we can. Uh, M3E has been in full swing. And the last kind of update that we got um, prior to the recent unpleasantness uh, was that the two-player starter box for the other side is going to incorporate M3E as well uh, with Sonya and Kirai. Um, this was known that this box um, has been floated about for a while. It's, it's mythical at this point. Um, it's been out there for a few years and... Finally, it has a, a target delivery date, or it did have a target delivery date of fourth quarter of this year. Um, I will believe that when I see it, but the fact that it's tied into M3E gives me a bit more hope that we will actually see uh, this product come to fruition. Um, personally, I am exceedingly frustrated with the state of toss, or the other side, at the moment. Uh, now, to, especially before all of this occurred uh the the way that everything has been handled uh all of it has really just led to just not having a ton of faith on my side uh with where where the product is heading that said i love the game the game is amazing the people that play it are fantastic uh, we have been gaining quite a few members on the unofficial Facebook page, so that is awesome. We were over 900 members 
So I want to thank each and every one of you for coming in with your curiousness about the game, um, sharing the pictures. Those have been awesome, sharing the hobby stuff. And so I want to go ahead and get off the, the rant train for a moment, but I had to, I had, did have to, to speak about that uh, because I'm passionate about this game. I, I love this game. And it is a game that, from a pure game standpoint, is exactly what I want to play. It is the type of game that I want to play at an army scale. Uh, and it is exceedingly um, refreshing to play it. And when I had regular regular games, absolutely awesome. The fact that we have no uh, clear vassal support, even though there was a vassal engine at one time, um, has hurt it. Uh, I think we could be doing that now in this environment. I think that would be great. Um, I would love if Weird could relaunch that, even if it's busted, um, just so that we could have a way to continue to play this uh, while we are practicing proper social distancing. I think that would be a, a big help uh, to the game as a whole. Uh, beyond that... I want to talk a little bit about the industry as a whole. Uh, the games industry as a whole, particularly miniatures gaming, is going through a radical transformation, and we're already seeing it. Uh, but the old model of game companies being leveraged mostly to distributors and that they, they utilize a, a traditional distribution network of distributors that buy a large uh, swath of their product that then uh, get orders from the uh, the local game stores to uh, just to then purchase that product and get that into the hands of individuals. That model is exceedingly threatened by the recent unpleasantness. Um, all of these game stores are small businesses for the most part. All of these game stores are in areas that are in uh, a lockdown situation or a stay safe, stay home situation. Yeah, every single one of them uh, is not able to function right now. They're able to function if they have um, good online, a good online sales model, a traditional online sales model, or they're utilizing, uh, being creative and utilizing Facebook uh, or other or other web-based tools to become a, a an internet store overnight uh, and then it's up to the local players to help keep that uh, store afloat as it always is but then it becomes an issue of pricing so we're going to be losing game stores that's that's just a reality of of this we were already losing stores um, in my area in particular we've seen a lot of stores close uh, we are back to stores that have stood uh, for many, many years, uh, still being the ones that are that are operating, and even those in this current situation are under threat. So, with that as a backdrop, the distributor model is just not sustainable for companies, and you're seeing that with other companies. Um, particularly, I'm going to give an example of Privateer Press. Privateer Press just launched a brand new game. Um, doing, in fact, the opposite of what Weird Miniatures did with the other side, where they were going from a smaller game to launching into a larger army-scale game. Uh, 
Privateer Press supports War Machine and Hordes, which are their large army scale type game, and they have created a brand new game uh, called Warcaster that is essentially skirmish to skirmish light. Uh, it it utilizes up to 15 uh, units at a time, but you're never going to have that many units on the board. So it plays much more like a skirmish game. Uh, but they uh, are launching this game through Kickstarter exclusively. And they've also made a radical change in their uh, production model. For this game specifically, they did not use any outside the U.S. production. They are building it specifically off of their ability to do resin and metal models, which they have uh, centrifugal, centrifugal forges at their location in uh, just outside Seattle, Washington. So with that in mind, you are seeing radical shifts. Um, you're seeing weird miniatures no longer producing in China. They're producing out of Thailand. So you're seeing um, a couple of major shifts within the industry between some players that have been around a very long time. Privateer Press is almost 25 years old. Uh, you have uh, Weird Miniatures, who's creeping up on, I think, 15 years, something like that. They've been around a very long time. And they've been able to sustain themselves through a variety of different things, but you're seeing these established players changing their models. And when I not not just the models that they're producing, but changing their distribution model, particularly on new um, IP and new product. And it's interesting. What's what's exceedingly interesting to me, having followed. Um, both of the Kickstarters for the other side and for uh, Warcaster is the odd symmetry and non-symmetry of the two endeavors. Uh, from a total ending amount, uh, they actually came out around the same. Uh, Warcaster was a little over 400,000. Uh, the other side at close was a little over 400,000. Um, both will see how they grow on the, the add-on side. Uh, on the add-on side, for the other side, you saw that grow to just over 550000 at the end of it. I just, I'd suspect uh, we'll see similar for Warcaster uh, once the pledge book um, opens up uh, and people start finishing their or putting in their, their finalized orders. But a couple of, different, a couple of main differences here. Um, because all of the production is stateside, War Machine, Privateer Press is going to be turning around Warcaster in three to four months. Um, even with the uh, recent unpleasantness, so because they control their supply chain, they have an advantage to be able to deliver this uh, much sooner than Weird was ever able to deliver the other side. Um, the other side kind of languished in production hell uh, for about 18 months when their initial timelines looked much more similar to what the other side was projecting, or what uh, Privateer Press's Warcaster was projecting. So 
that soured the note. And we've all done Kickstarters before. Uh, many of us have. If you haven't, uh, there's kind of a running joke in Kickstarter circles that, for the most part, if it's not delayed, uh, something went exceedingly wrong. <laughs> but, uh, again, I think you're seeing companies get smarter with this. You're seeing companies adapt to the changing market situations. And adaptation is a tremendous survival skill. It is what separates uh, companies that succeed and businesses that succeed from companies that don't. And I am excited to see that most of the companies in the market are making strides and making changes to the way that they do business. Uh, even the eternal um, empire, as it were, of the two-letter network, or GW, you're seeing some changes within their business model. Uh, and I think you'll see some changes afterwards. But they are doing um, much more community engagement, even during uh, the social distancing time period, and are trying to keep uh, their brand as positive as possible. So I do think it's it's very interesting in how all of these companies are going to react and change uh, their models going forward. Now, as for distributors as a whole, there there's kind of a, a, a dirty secret within the industry, which is the distributors only have so much working capital at a time, and anything that does not move initially or does not move continuously is dead capital on the shelf, and that is what gets you fired um, from the distributor as a buyer. And buyers now in what is a huge market don't have time for something that isn't going to move uh, and don't have money for it, frankly. When you have, when you go from supporting, say, 2,000 SKUs total to 20,000 available SKUs, you have to pick and choose what you're going to support from a distributor level. You just don't have the money to put all of these things, even on, and even on a type of contingency. You don't have that ability, and you can't get to a scale at that point that's even worth it to you. So if you can't do that, and you have commitments to other large accounts that are continuing to expand their product base, uh, and I don't know how many of you are followers of the collectible card game market, but the amount of products coming out of Wizards of the Coast, particularly for Magic, uh, is growing exponentially. And those, those take up a large quantity of cash. Now that cash is going to turn and that's going to move. That is product that is typically as good as sold. Um for both the distributors and the LGSs. But with that influx of additional requirement towards TCGs, that's less capital they have for something experimental. So if you're not getting that initial distributor support like you were five, six, eight years ago, even three years ago, 
you have to utilize the market tools that are available. And the market tool that's available right now to prove that there's demand for your product, to prove that your product has an audience, and to provide you a direct uh, distribution and funding model, well, that's Kickstarter. And we may not like that. That may not be the in initial intent of Kickstarter. Well, things initial intent are rarely what they end up on. So this is the this is the landscape and, and layout of where we are at um, as a gaming as a game industry. That's kind of the it's kind of the new landscape. So I would not be surprised if you see established companies continue to utilize Kickstarter um, and use it for new or secondary wave launches of things. And I think that is an incredibly slippery slope, but that is where we are at. And it'll be very telling over the next 18 months, once we get past all of this, to see you know how the dust settles, where everything lands, and what and, and how everybody are playing. Um, I can't wait to get back to the table, but I can wait uh, until it's safe to do so. Uh, and safe for everybody involved. So I'm going to be utilizing a lot of digital tools um, as much as I can to go ahead and, and play whatever I can. Um, unfortunately, right now, that means I really can't play the other side because I don't have a digital support for it uh, that I can do across, uh, across the Internet reliably uh, and sanctioned. So... Until I have that, I've got to play other stuff, uh, which breaks my heart because I don't like the other stuff as much as I like the other stuff. But that's just kind of where I'm at in, in my headspace. Um, I look forward to seeing where all of this lands, where it ends up, uh, seeing how these companies react, uh, and ultimately how the industry as a whole reacts. Uh, hobbyist as a whole, how how the landscape changes for us after uh, you know this this environment. So I, I did want to produce some content to to kind of talk about um, everything as a whole, and I, I just want to level set with with this kind of industry update uh, from that perspective. Now, a couple of things that, that I want to say about the other side as a whole. Gameplay-wise, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it is a fantastic game. It is worth your time if you're just starting out. Uh, it is some very fun miniatures to paint. Uh, they're miniatures that my son is really enjoying painting. He's four years old. He just turned four uh, a couple of days ago. And... He has been really enjoying um, painting the painting the figures. Uh, they take paint very well. Uh, he enjoys just slopping color on there. He's he's getting better, but he enjoys that process and he enjoys having some fun with dad. And so I think gaming with your kids, especially now, is super important. Just having any type of hobby interaction with them while they're young and making it as positive an experience as possible is really going to do them and you good in the long run because they're going to have positive thoughts about that. 
And then as they get a little bit older, maybe they get a little more curious about, you know, the stuff that, that mom or dad or mom and dad do uh, together or do separately. And you can help bring your children into uh, what has, for me, been an absolutely wonderful escape, uh, wonderful hobby, uh, and really something that has helped during just trying to get my mind off everything, which has been the been the hardest thing for me. Uh, which is why this is this is not the easiest thing for me to do right now. Uh, but I do want to take the time to to reach out to everybody and say that I'm I'm thinking about all of you. I hope you are all safe and that we will get through this and it will be okay. So again. Other side is fantastic. I love it. I wish it was better marketed. I wish it had been better accepted in the time frame in which it came. And I wish that the M3, M2E, M3E leaks had not been at the exact same time that this was about to release. So with that as a background and framework, I'm trying to get back into the rhythm of doing a show. And I'm trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And this is just kind of the first step of, of doing that again, is just getting back on the mic and, and kind of talking through uh, my thoughts on, on different topics. So I want to talk tonight uh, a little bit more about children and miniatures gaming hops. So we're going to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and we'll discuss that. DNA test turns out bunch of puss that kid even when I'm crying crazy yeah I got some problems that's the human in me bling bling then I saw them that's the goddess in me you could have had a good friend not the middle so we have a unique opportunity as parents and guardians of children during this um, particularly scary time. Uh, a unique window where, for many of us, our kids are home. Uh, for many of us, we are home. Uh, for some of us, we have an existential threat uh, that we may bring home at any time. And we all need some constructive way to get away from that as much as we can. And one of the beautiful things that we have, particularly as miniatures games hobbyists and as games enthusiasts, which I assume most of you are, uh, like myself, if you've listened to my show uh, before, you know that I love games, all types of games. So today I want to talk about integrating your children and initiating your children into at least a small slice of your hobby, uh, particularly during this time. A couple of things. This is not something you need to force your children to do. It should never be something that you force your children to do. It should be something that you create opportunities to see what mom or dad are doing, ask them if they'd like to try it. 
And I'm not talking about trying a full game. Uh, I'm not even trying talking about trying an entirety of a game. Uh, in many cases, I'm talking about something as simple as just getting some paint onto a model for a few minutes or building a character if you are into if you're a role player you know if you like role-playing games talking to them about that about storytelling and seeing if that would be something they were interested in doing uh you know maybe creating a character just showing them how quick it is to to build a quick character or you know slashing at an orc or painting an orc or rolling some dice for the first time little small simple things to give them a toe in to what you're doing or try or what you normally do to escape uh so some very simple things you can do uh to kind of get this started is just play a game with your kids any game um, I would recommend against Monopoly, but Monopoly is a terribly designed game. We can have another another episode about that um, as a whole. There are much better things, much better games to play than Monopoly because the actual design goal of Monopoly is to make you understand that Monopolies are bad, uh, not to win. There is no winner in Monopoly. In Monopoly, honestly, uh, the winner is is the moral around uh how monopoly works but board games uh are a wonderful stepping stone for your kids uh they're a wonderful stepping stone into the hobby and there are ways to make a game a miniatures game even more board game like and board game light um just to get the kids started into it or to get your spouse started into it. Simplify it down. Make it very basic. And understand that that is okay. It is okay to take everything down to a very basic level and emphasize what is the fun of the particular game. So in a game like The Other Side, how would you organize it? Well, for for me, I would bring it down to just a single unit, a single squad for each of the players, and maybe, maybe the commander. And that, and we'd play on just a small, small set surface. You'd maybe put up one or two little pieces of terrain, and you'd say if you're within the cover of that, you get your cover bonus, which means that the opponent's at minus two, and you'd learn combat. And then you just you'd teach, you know, the three, three. Uh, you'd have your three actions that you can do. You know, you can make in a make a, you know your three orders, and go from there. Wouldn't even bring in tokens yet. Any of that, just have the three orders, have the abilities on the cards themselves. Uh, any tactics tokens just become cards. Both players get four cards in hand. And if they use a card, they draw one up. Just make it super simple, super light. But give them an understanding, an idea of how a miniatures game 
normally plays. You know, and you can you can tweak it however you want. Uh, but I'm I'm just talking something something super basic like that. We're playing uh, playing a very simple board game. You can have a lot of fun uh, with your kids just playing something super simple. And then from an RPG perspective, you can play something incredibly rules like you can you can do your own. You don't need you don't even need a system. I mean, if you want a system, you you make it super simple, where you just have everybody roll to see what happens. You give them all a, a base stats. You give them three stats. You know, you give them a physical stat, a charisma stat, and a mental stat. And mental handles magic. Um, charisma handles all your social stuff or social stat, and then your physical stat handles any physical attacks. And you just roll 1d6 with that. You make six. Um, give them exactly what they want. Or if you roll a six as the GM, uh, you can make something special happen. And if they roll a one, then you have something interestingly bad happen. And you just really use it to drive the narrative as much as possible. You make it narrative heavy. Um, rules incredibly light. And you just kind of play with it and have some fun and see what they like. And then and just kind of go from there. Do do something incredibly simple and just try and do it as simply as possible. And I think you'll net some results even with even with some of your older kids. Um, I mean, for me, I'm dealing with a four-year-old and then I have two almost one-year-olds. So for myself, it's a lot of very simplistic games at this point. Uh, so I am constantly thinking about how to simplify um, different games down so that we can have an enjoyable experience together. Uh, my son likes to win. He has to. He has to win. That is how his, his his objective in every game is that the game is fun if I win. The game is not fun if somebody else wins. It is okay if we tie, which is an interesting thing. So that is an interesting bit about my son that I have learned, is that his uh, definition of fun, as most people's are, in, in many cases, is that it is more fun when I win. Uh, I think as we grow and mature, we find that the play experience is more rewarding, uh, regardless of outcome, in many cases. But it is always just a little more gratifying when you win where you pull something off that's memorable. So it's it's interesting to see and, and interesting to talk about when we're talking about the simplification of games. But the thing that my son really enjoys is he enjoys painting with dad. Uh, he very much enjoys getting, getting to come down um, to the paint station, getting to pick whatever colors he wants, mixing the colors, and then putting them on the models. And, yeah, I have I have other side models that he is painting himself. Uh, they are very neat. He has a very interesting paint style. But, you know what? They are my favorite painted miniatures uh, that I own because they are being painted by my four-year-old son. And... I absolutely love the fact that he will come down 
sometimes and will paint with me for a couple months. Uh, sometimes it's been a long painting section, uh, session. Other times it's been a very short painting session. And you know what? All of those are okay. Um, there are no mistakes. There are only happy accidents. Any, none of this is gonna is gonna ruin my stuff because the experience and joy of him painting is what I'm trying to foster, and we're making memories together, and that's really what's important. And so, if I can leave you with one thing, it's try something with your kids during all of this. I know it's hard. I know it's frustrating. I know it can be very difficult when we are all on top of each other 24 hours a day. We have all kinds of pressures and, and thoughts and everything going on. And trust me, we are all there. We are all there with you. But at times we do need to take a moment and think about how we can give ourselves a little bit of escape while also incorporating our kids into that and maybe giving them a potentially positive outlet for some of this. And maybe at the end of it we gain an opponent, maybe at the end of it we gain a, a painter, maybe at the end of it we don't gain anything other than some memories of our kids. And then they have a laugh about that goofy thing dad showed me or mom showed me back, um, you know, back there in 2020. So... Please, again, don't go out. Um, stay home. Please be safe. Um, I appreciate all of you that are doing anything essential. appreciate all of you um, that are going through it right now. Uh, you are in my thoughts constantly, uh, each and every one of you. So I do very much uh, appreciate it. I hope we can give you a, a, just a little bit of little bit of reprieve, maybe give you some ideas um, to incorporate some of your hobby with your with your kids during this. And you know what? Let's go let's go and have some fun and and just kind of roll with it. And I'm gonna leave you with. Um, leave you with a, with a general thought and a general wish that in many ways that this just leaves us a little wiser um, for wear as a whole. Uh, maybe it keeps us from taking certain things for granted. Uh, maybe it gives us an understanding that you know, life is short, and we've got to do what really matters. So, hope uh, hope it finds you well. I hope this ends quickly, and uh, you know, stay safe out there and stay home. <laughs>